you so much. Our theme this year is behind me here, of course, from Matthew 16, 18. Upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us. That rock affords to us salvation, security, and stability. In Matthew chapter 7, we read in verse 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Verse 25, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it felt not, for it was founded upon a rock. God wants us to build our lives on the rock. Amen. Matthew chapter 16, very familiar verse to you. And verse number 18, Jesus is speaking to Peter. And uh, Peter has just confessed, uh, who, uh, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says in verse 18, Matthew sixteen eighteen, And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Heavenly Father, for a few minutes, fill me with your power. Challenge our hearts that we might build our lives upon the rock in Christ's name. Amen. The first mention of this stone as I search the scriptures is in the book of Genesis. God is speaking about Joseph. Jacob is on his deathbed and he speaks to each of his son on his deathbed. And he says some things about their life and also some things that are prophetic. But he says of Joseph, he said, a lot of arrows flew your way. But he said, uh, but he said this, he said, uh, the arms of God's hands, uh, of his hands, Joseph's hands, were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. So the hands of Joseph were made strong by the mighty God of Jacob. And then it describes this mighty God of Jacob In chapter 49, verse 24, from thence is the shepherd, the stone of Israel. From the lineage, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, comes this shepherd, the stone of Israel. When we speak about this rock in our theme for 2023, upon this rock, make no mistake, we're talking about the rock of ages that we sang about today. We're talking about none other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Jesus uses two different words in Matthew 16, 18. He said, Peter, you're a little stone. The word is uh, Petros. Uh, You're a little stone, but upon this rock, that's Petra. That's a mighty stone. That's a mountain. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Listen to me. Peter was not the first pope. Peter had a mother-in-law. Amen? We visited her house while we were in Israel. The the house of Peter's mother-in-law, we visited it, where she was healed. They've excavated the site. And so Peter was not the first pope. Amen? No. The church is not built upon a man. The church is built upon Jesus Christ. May I say that is the foundation number one of our salvation. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 4 and verse number 10, Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel, 
that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Speaking of Christ, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. We must identify this stone because this stone, the name, is the only name. It's the name above all names. It's the only name whereby we can be saved. The stone is not Buddha. The stone is not El Papa in Rome. The stone is not Herr Krishna. The stone is not the latest Mormon prophet. The stone is not Mary Baker Eddy. The stone is no man or no woman or no goddess or no little g-god. The stone is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. The name above all names. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way. The truth and the life, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Psalm 62 says that he only is my rock and my salvation. Jesus is the rock of my salvation. His banner over me is love. We sing with our children. What are we teaching them? That salvation doesn't rest on shifting sand of Matthew 7. It rests on the rock of, uh, uh, represented there in Matthew 7. And that is the eternal rock of ages. You see, Jesus is not part of the way to heaven. Jesus is the way to heaven. Salvation is not in human effort. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves... It is the gift of God. It's not by family association. John 1, 11 says, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on His name, who are born not of blood. You are not saved. You are not born into the family of God. You are not born again because your parents are Christians. You must personally receive Jesus Christ alone as your Savior. It is not by religious affiliation. Listen, you can be a member of an independent fundamental Baptist church and die and go to hell. You don't get saved by being a member of a Baptist church, a Lutheran church, a Pentecostal church, a Catholic church, or any religion. You get saved by the good grace of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Upon this rock is our security. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 10. We won't turn much. And I'm squeezing a two-hour message into 20 minutes, all right? 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Open your Bibles, please. And look with me at verse number 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 1. This rock is the rock of our salvation, but also the rock of our security. In uh, verse number 1, the Bible says, Moreover, brethren... I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea 
and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink. Now, I'm not going to go back and expound uh, in detail on this passage, that this is a reference to God leading the nation of Israel in the wilderness. The cloud that's mentioned in verse 1 is that pillar of fire by night and the cloudy pillar by day. And it represents divine guidance. Listen, the rock is our guide. Amen? He mentions the sea in verse number 1. That's God miraculously bringing them through the Red Sea on dry land to the other side. Our rock, uh, it represents divine deliverance. Amen? How many of you, God saved you and you are not what you used to be since God saved you. Raise your hand up in the air. I'm not what I used to be. Wave it at me like that. Thank God I'm not what I used to be. Amen. And then he says in verse 3, did all eat the same spiritual meat? That is an illustration. That's a reflection back to the manna in the wilderness of God feeding his people. And what he's saying is, he fed his people in the wilderness and he'll provide for you, church at Corinth. He fed two or three million people when there was no food available except what I sent from heaven and I'll do the same for you, church at Corinth. And then verse number four, did all drink of the same spiritual drink. That's divine satisfaction, divine guidance, divine deliverance, divine uh, uh, provision, In divine satisfaction. Remember the woman at the well? She was thirsty, right? And Jesus said, "Uh, Ma'am, I got some water. If you drink it, you'll never thirst again. Amen. She said, Give me also this water. I want some of that. And Jesus said, That's me. I'm the living water. Amen. And may I tell you, my dear friend, when you drink deeply of the cup of salvation and you take the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior... Uh, that might come off and baptize somebody on the front row. I better put that back there. But when you receive Christ as your Savior, hallelujah, He saves your soul from hell, but He brings a sweetness to your life and a satisfaction that dope will never give you and alcohol will never give you and illicit relationships will never give you and dishonesty will never give you. Amen? That's a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then He said this in verse 4. Look at it in your text. And did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock, there it is, capital R, that followed them, and that rock was Christ. This rock followed them. Do you understand what that means historically? I, 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 one of these verses I discovered today. The other I discovered about a week ago in conjunction with this passage as I studied it. Psalm 86, speaking about the history of the nation of Israel. And verse 16 says, He brought streams also out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. Now, you probably already thought about this, but somehow in my 40 plus years being saved, I never thought of this. I don't know how I missed this. Somebody probably told me and I forgot it. I then found today in further study in Deuteronomy 9 and verse 21, when Moses is rehearsing before his death the, the, uh, the history of the nation, and he says about the time when Aaron built the golden calf, and he came off the mountain, the Ten Commandments, got mad, broke the Ten Commandments, remember that? He'd been fasting 40 days and nights. 
He came down, took the gold calf, ground it into powder, and and listen to what listen to what Deuteronomy nine twenty said uh, nine twenty one said, and and, and 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 he cast the dust thereof into the brook that descended out of the mount. When I got when I when I realized what I was reading, and I got excited. The Bible said when of that rock. That, 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 uh, that, do you, you understand? That rock, the, the Bible said there, there, there was a spring come out of that rock. How in the world did they survive those 40 years? There were times when they got away from it, but, but, uh, but, 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 but how did they survive those 40 years? Friends, that rock that Moses struck at God's command, when they got about three days into the wilderness, they were thirsty. You can't go much more than three days without water. And they got out there and they, and they were out of water. They were thirsty. Their lives are being threatened. And, and, and God said, Moses, smite that rock. And Moses smote the rock. Guess what? Come, came out. Water started gushing out. First Corinthians says that rock followed them through the wilderness. The nation of Israel evidently encamped near. Did you know this? Did you already know this? Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I want to be smarter than you. No. <laughs> If you knew this, I want to know why you didn't tell me. But that evidently that means that, that that river came out of that rock and evidently it must encamp near or in proximity to that river to be able to survive two to three million people for 40 years. My, 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 my point is this. That rock smitten uh, continued to give and give and give and give and give. Security. May I say this, my dear friend? When you and I receive Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we are secure in Him. Amen. We are secure in Him. Later, the nation of Israel, in their journeys, would depart from that source and come yet to another place where they would need once more water. What did God tell Moses that time? Smite the rock? No. He said what? Speak to the rock. Once again, they're at a place where there is no uh, uh, access to water. And once again, God says, smite that rock. Uh, uh, speak to that rock. And, and Moses, what did he do? Moses was mad. What did he do? Did he speak to the rock? No. What did he do? He smote the rock. And you know what God did? Because of his disobedience. God called it unbelief. Go back and read the passage sometime. God called it unbelief in the, in the book of uh, Numbers. He said, because of your unbelief, you believed me not to sanctify the people in my eyes. Set me apart. God said, I was drawing a picture of something I wanted to show that picture to the entire nation that you don't need to smite the rock. You've rebelled against me and you're under judgment. That's why you're thirsty. But you don't need, if you're rebelled against me and you're under judgment, you don't need this. The rock doesn't need to be smitten again. Jesus Christ is the rock. The smiting of the rock represents Calvary. If you backslid on God, Jesus doesn't need to go back to the cross. You just speak to the rock. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. Oh, you just speak to the rock and, and, and the refreshing water will come forth. And, and, and that illustration, God said, I want to do it again. I want another illustration. Here's the, here's the need. The people have rebelled. They're under punishment. Here's the need. They're thirsty. Uh, take your, uh, take, uh, uh, stand before the people and speak to the rock. And God took it so seriously. He said, Moses, for that disobedience and because you marred this picture, you, 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 you did not give them a true picture of me. I'm going to keep you from going to the promised land. That seems harsh. 
But let me tell you something. It exalts to me the importance of this wonderful doctrine that you and I find our security in tonight. And that is, thank God, Jesus doesn't have to die again to pay for our sins when we do wrong. We just speak to Him and He is there to forgive us and to cleanse us. Amen. The last word is the word stability. The Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. Therefore thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation of stone, a tried stone, a precious stone, precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. In Psalm 118, verse number 22, the Bible says, The stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The cornerstone, its strength, its position, the precision with which it is fashioned, is absolutely essential to the integrity, the strength, the stability of any structure. That is the focal point of the weight. That is the place. You look to the cornerstone. That cornerstone, everything rests on the strength of that cornerstone. In our text verse of Matthew 16, Jesus said to Peter, Peter, I'm not building the church on you. I'm building the church on myself. Jesus Christ is the stone cut out without hands, the rock of ages, the rock that followed them in the wilderness. Jesus Christ is the foundation upon which the church uh, 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 was built. The Bible tells us in Matthew 16, 18, it was built on Him. The Bible tells us in Acts 20, 28, that it was purchased with His own blood. The Bible tells us in Acts 8, 1, and 1 Corinthians and many other passages, that the church is a local group of baptized believers upon this church, upon this rock. I'll build my church. That word church is ecclesia, a Greek word which means a called out assembly. Now listen to me folks very carefully. One day we'll all be together. When the rapture sounds, every believer will be gathered. We'll all believers be together in heaven. Amen? That's when all believers will be together. And that, that will be the bride. Now may I say this, sometimes we get the bride and the body mixed up. Jesus is building His bride today. He's building His bride. But we won't be a bride till we're all together. Right now the Bible calls it a body. And God expects those who are believers to be in the body. That's a local congregation. God is working His work in this day through the local church. And I I stand and submit to you this idea that when you get saved, there's nothing more beyond that. We're all in this some invisible institution called the invisible church. That's not a Bible doctrine. We're all in the family of God. Amen for that. And we'll all be together one day at the rapture. But between now and then, God's still building His bride. And He wants believers to be in the local church and listen to me, build their lives on the local church. He owns the church. He's the head of the church, Ephesians 1.22, 5.23, Colossians 1.18. He gave himself for the church, Ephesians 5. He cherishes the church, Ephesians 5. The church is the pillar and foundation of the truth, 1 Timothy chapter 3. The church is where we get fed, Acts chapter 20, verse 28. Listen. I submit to you. Now listen to me carefully. I'm, 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 I'm winding down. Are you ready? I'm not quite there, but I'm, I, put, I just put the wheels down. I submit to you that as a believer, 
If you want a life of stability, then you must build your life upon something that is stable. And that that means that you build your life on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ said, Upon this rock I'll build my church. And God has a plan for this age. And that is for His people, born-again people, to be involved in a local Bible-believing, Bible-preacher, Bible-practicing church. And by God's grace, I don't necessarily know how you got here. But the devil didn't send you here. I'll just say that. And I believe you ought to build your life around the local church whose foundation is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I submit to something else to you further. I do not believe... Now, you listen. I don't believe you can be wrong with the church and right with Jesus Christ. I don't believe it. The Bible says He's building His bride. We will collectively together be the bride of Christ. Now, wait a minute. Uh, listen, if you're not right with my bride, you're not right with me. Do you hear me? You say, Pastor, I love you, but I can't stand your wife. Well, I, I don't. I, you know, count to me too. No, we're a pack. We're a package deal. And I promise you this: Jesus Christ and His church. The Bible said, Acts twenty twenty eight. He gave His own blood. Purchased it with his own blood. Let me tell you something. If you purchase something with your own blood or the blood of one of your children, its its value is beyond uh, uh, beyond explanation. And Jesus Christ, with my own blood, I purchased the church. I submit to you, you cannot be wrong with a local church and be right with Jesus Christ. Jesus started it. It's his. He purchased it. He's the head of it. We're subject to Him as the head. He loves it, nourishes it, cherishes it, gave Himself for it. And the church one day after rapture is getting married to Jesus. Amen? And that, that, way, that, that marriage is going to last all of eternity. Amen? Now, get, let me tell you something. What you ought to do then is you ought to say, if it's that important to Jesus, that it's important to me. Amen? I'm going to build my life around the church. Not a work not hobbies, not sports, not sightseeing, not hiking, not music, not tiddlywinks, not soccer, not basketball, not baseball, not travel ball, not a, a dozen, fifteen, hundred thousand other things. I'm submitting to you that you ought to build your life on that which is eternal, on a solid foundation. If you want a stable life, build your life around the church. Build your marriage around the church. Build your child-rearing philosophy around the church. Build your business on the rock. Amen. Those of you in business, build your business on the rock. Build it on biblical foundation. Uh, uh, Christ gave us His Word. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and a church is one who's faithful to this Word. I, I remember going down the road years ago, and Larry Biquette was still living, and uh, I think it was 95.5, and he gave an illustration about two men in partnership, started a business, a successful one, worked the office, and sales and went out and saw the customers and the other worked in the, in the shop area and got himself greasy and dirty every day, produced the product. And one day the guy that was at his busting his knuckles every day, going home every night with grease under his fingernails, got a little tired of his partner thinking all he does is ride around, have lunch appointments. I like to have some lunch appointments. And he got in his mind that he was doing all the work. And, and he got so, it, it, they had controversy about it. Uh, both, of, both of them believers... And uh, they had a controversy about it. And, and one day, it got so heated, he went 
the guy worked the shop, he went and bought new locks, changed the locks in the whole building. Told his partner, said, you're not welcome here anymore. You don't do anything anyway. And the partner said to himself, said, I'm going to sue you. That's not right. You can't do this. And he thought about his Christian testimony. He said, you know what? I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm a Christian. First Corinthians 6 says, I can't do that. And so you know what he did? He suffered loss. He walked away from that and found him another way to make a living. That business continued to prosper. Seven years later, the business went up for sale. And the buyer began to inquire about the, uh, how the business started and so forth and began to learn more about the business. And he said, what, whatever happened to your former partner? He said, well, uh, so he left. He said, I would like to contact him. The buyer contacted the former partner who had, had humbled himself and tried to follow the biblical uh, pattern for having a business that's built on the truth. And he said, why'd you leave? He told him why he left. The buyer went back to the current owner. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, here's my offer. I'm going to buy the business. But I have two qualifications in addition to what we've discussed. Number one, you must pay your former, uh, uh, your former partner for the last seven years of lost wages. And number two, you must split the selling price 50-50 between you and he. Now, can I tell you something? There is a God in heaven, amen? Too many folks build their financial life around what is expedient, the pressures that are upon them. That's the mistake that Lot made when he went towards Sodom. That's the mistake that Ruth and Elimelech made when they left Bethlehem and went down to Moab. Listen, don't build your life around the best financial situation. Don't build your life around the best schools for your children. Don't build your life. Uh, Listen, build your home, build your life, build your marriage, build your business, build your future on the local church. Amen. And that'll bring stability to your life. You young people that are here tonight, listen to me. You've been brought up in church. You're here on a Sunday night. Don't you turn 19 years old and now you're smarter than your mom and smarter than your dad, smarter than your Christian school teachers and smarter than your principal, smarter than your youth pastor, smarter than your pastor, and fall off the face of the earth. You say, by God's grace, I'm going to build my life on the local church. I'm going to do it. All over this land are those who walked away from a solid foundation that God gave them. Now, you've got to make up your mind. You say, you say with that verse, on this rock. My, I'm so glad my salvation rests on the rock. Amen. It's not going anywhere. I'm glad my security rests on the rock. Amen. Listen, I want my life on the rock too. I want my family, my home, my children on the rock. Let's stand. Father, thank you for this sweet gift. You purchased...